Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by CoachMe Plus. CoachMe Plus is the leader in athlete management software and a product that we've been lucky enough to implement here for over two years now. The product in and of itself is exactly what you need it to be, guys, with options ranging from being a workout provider, as in sending the workout directly to the student-athlete's phones, to being a place where you can communicate with them and bring together multiple streams of data to be its own dashboard for you, your coaching staff, or the athletes. Or you can use what we've added to our, our menu of Coach Me Plus activities, and that's Hydration Station, where all of this information that is provided is based off of research from the Corey Stringer Institute, where we're looking at weighing in versus weighing out and then providing optimal hydration uh, strategies for the student-athletes by them selecting through the menu and tapping on what they'll take home with them and what they're consuming prior to the next practice um, when all the numbers at the top are lined up green. It's something we've had really good success with and the kids have really bought in on. Just another great example of the awesome product that you can find at coachmeplus.com. Guys, hop over to coachmeplus.com today and check it out. It's a product I guarantee you won't be disappointed with. Hey, everybody. If you enjoy the podcast and the content it provides, be sure to hop over and check out the community. The community is an exclusive members website that is just an extension of what we do here in July at the Central Virginia Sport Performance Seminar. What it is is a combination of video lectures, a coach's corner with your Monday morning take-home information, and a forum where you can talk about anything and everything related to the field of strength and conditioning. In the community, you'll find content added each month from some of the top practitioners in the world, ranging from PhDs to high-level coaches, bringing you exactly what they're doing with their athletes or their research at the present moment. On top of that, an additional discussion by coaches bringing you that Monday morning information, things that you can add to your training program right away. Tying that in with the opportunity to discuss with coaches around the world in the forum on anything and everything from the topics addressed in these presentations to whatever you're seeing in your daily life as a coach. If this sounds like the right thing for you and your staff, go ahead and hop over to cvasps.com community and try it out for 48 hours for just a dollar. If you like it, you're signed up, ready to roll, and you're jumping into all the great content added each month. If not, feel free to go ahead and cancel at any time. No questions asked. We're really excited about what we're building in the community and hope you are too. Go ahead and hop over to cvasps.com community and check it out today. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today, guys, we have an absolutely fantastic discussion with Grand Canyon University's performance specialist, Anna Kuzan. Anna and I start talking about her her voyage and how she got out there to GCU. Uh, and then we get into her work that she did at Old Miss with the softball team and how, you know, in a few years that program went from having a hard time to, to being really, really successful in the Southeastern Conference. Uh, and, and it's neat. She breaks it down and shares step by step, you know, the, the entire process that as a whole staff they went through to, to change this program. Uh, then she touches on the differences that she sees between, you know, being at a Power 5 school and then being in the WAC. Um, some pretty, pretty interesting things, you know, in the differences between being at the, the highest level and, and, you know, being at a mid-major. And then she gets into, you know, some, some pretty neat stuff when we talk about advice to younger coaches and, and specific advice, you know, for female coaches in particular. 
Guys, this is absolutely a fantastic talk. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. Let's get right to it. And here we go. Anna, thanks for being on with us today. Awesome being with you. Thanks for joining, for letting me join. Yeah, so listen, just let's give people a quick little rundown of, of where you're at and, and what you got going on to get us started. All right, um, so I'm a eight-year coach now, but uh, I'm at GCU currently, so Grand Canyon University. I just moved out here. Um, it was more of a, a life decision, kind of joining my boyfriend and starting a family with him out here in Arizona, but uh, just left Ole Miss. I was there for two years, and then from there, I was at Georgia Tech for four years, um, did a year internship at NC State under my mentor, Charles Stevenson. Shout out to him. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, did my undergrad, and I'm originally from Wisconsin, did my undergrad at uh, Wisconsin Lacrosse. So kind of been in the field for a while and uh, enjoy it and plan to be here for a while still. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, Charles is – I actually just spoke to Charles yesterday, two days nice. ago. Nice. Yeah, about, gosh, like an hour. You talk to Charles in like five minutes. Yeah. You turn around and it's he, like, oh, my gosh, it's like he's it's lunchtime. Best. he's the best yeah super duper guy but listen let's get back to what let's get back to oxford let's talk a little bit you guys had a a a really significant turnaround with one of the programs you worked with how about we start talking there let's talk about what you guys were building down there and 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 how things got rolling yeah so um like i said i started there in 2015 and when I was hired, um, I remember sitting in my interview with Coach Coach Mike Smith, who's a phenomenal coach. He was there a year before I was being interviewed. So he got there. Uh, they weren't in the SEC tournament because they didn't make it. They didn't have enough wins, but they were winning a program. Like, they were turning around the program slowly. So when they were interviewing me, I remember him saying, like, hey, look at this this map of where we're at. And it was all the names in the SEC, and Ole Miss was at the bottom. And he goes – I want this team at the top. And I was like, coach, I understand. I see your vision and I, I'm going to help you get there. And he, I told him a little bit more, like one big thing about me is when I tell coaches, I talk to them, um, I say, you know, I'm going to get your good players better and your great players great, um, but I'm also going to make your walk-ons or your bottom feeders better because you're only as good as your weakest player in my mind. So I know your All-Americans or your starters are going to get a lot of attention. They're going to get a lot of practice and participation but your your bottom players are the ones that I think that you need to build up more just to spark the fire in those starters too so um after that like he 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 didn't really know me so it was like kind of a new hire like he had a guy in mind that he wanted to he knew he was familiar with from McNeese but he took a chance on me and I'm very thankful for that so I I took he hired me and I took his vision and I implanted it right away um I remember very first day with the team, um, I told coach I was hired in the summertime, and so like I had a few girls around. They're they're usually at home in the summertime, so they come back at the beginning of the school year. And I uh, remember I got them there the first day, but over the over the summer I emailed them saying like an, an introduction, saying like, hey, this is what um, we're gonna run this conditioning test when you guys get back. Here's some prep for how to get prepared for that. And on the first day, I had this test they, they ran, and the coaches were all there to see it. And they they just got smoked. And I just remember circling them up after the end, and I'm like, 
you guys, like, I'm just laced into them. Like, we got to make sure we finish to the line. I don't care if you can't make it on the times, but you're going to finish strong through that line. You're not going to coast at the, through, at the end because you missed it by five seconds, blah, blah, blah. And, like, I just got on them. And they knew that I, was, I wasn't I was going to take it lightly on them. Uh, and I think Coach realized, too, like, man, she's going to she's gonna do some work for them. So I uh, from there to that starting point, then the entire fall, I just got after the girls, like, in – uh, they got to know me really well, but like I, I made them work. I got all this work out of them, and they poured into it too. Like they didn't back off, and they, they poured on, and they got better, and they saw their progress too. They saw how they were getting stronger, and they were getting faster. And I don't know if you know much about fall, uh, fall ball, but it's, it doesn't count for the season, but it's a good way to mark where you're at, and for coaches to kind of flex around with like who they want to play and what position. Um, but they, the girls were like commenting, like how they felt the best shape of their lives during fall ball. And that's pretty remarkable because they're still going through some practices and some weights and conditioning with me and they're feeling the best of their life. And, um, at the end of our year in November, uh, we do what's called the Oklahoma city challenge. So it's a, a week long of different competitions. And I, we, me and my intern, uh, Ryan Meehan, who is phenomenal for me, he helped out greatly. Um, we came up with these teams. It was four teams, uh, 28 girls, so four teams. And they all competed for like a week straight of, of all different things. So we had weight room challenges. We had stadium challenges. We just had different challenges all week. And the final day was Friday. And Coach was there for that one. He saw like these girls, like it was like kind of like an obstacle course, like how they would pull a rope with a prowler and then they'd have to push it and they'd have to flip tires and all this other different stuff. And like coach saw them compete at this thing on this final day. And like, it came down to that final day. And he was like, he made the comment like, man, I've never seen a team turn around so fast in such a short period. And like the progress that you guys have made is phenomenal. And like, they just worked hard and he could tell that they were putting it all in. And it was great for them to hear that from Coach, too, but it was also rewarding for me to hear that because he saw all of the hard work that was being put into them paying off. And um, long story short, like, that year, like, we made it to the SEC tournament for the first time. Like, we we, we were able to beat a team for the first time. Um, we, it was shut down shortly after that, but, you know, we, we were seeing progress. And then just the next year, uh, we carried on that mentality and I, I did a little bit different things. Like, um, I don't know, Ken Manning is a big idol of mine as well. And he, I remember listening to one of him, his speaks, uh, speak, I don't know where he was at the time, but um, he spoke one time and he, he mentioned how he has this uh, championship thought he does at the end of his training sessions, which I thought was phenomenal. It's where he, he got the guys, his football team around, and he picked out a person and said, you're supposed to speak about something not football-related, but some sort of, of adversity that you had to face in life and um, how you overcame it or how you came through it. And it could, it just, it's supposed to be non-football, but like more personal. And so you get to know your teammates better. Um, and I, so I decided to do that this past year. And like, it was, it was kind of cool to see like how the girls came through and like they shared something a little bit more like deeper that was like not sport-related, but they got the team closer. Um, I also shared my story with the team, which I think helped because then I was able to kind of break some barriers with my teammates, like with the, with the athletes and say like, like, Hey, like I didn't, I didn't always have what I have now. I wasn't always 
where I'm at right now. Like I had to come through a lot of different things and it actually kind of opened some doors for some of my athletes to come talk to me about some of the things that were going on in their lives. So it was kind of cool to like see how that like little, little thing that we started to do built so much more trust in that, in that team and in between me and the athletes. Um, but yeah, so continuing on, like we, we pushed a little bit harder that next year and you could tell that the girls were hungry for more and like we were just bringing in more talent and we were working a lot harder and we were building off of our last year's success. Like the numbers from, on my aspect, the numbers from last year, like the girls were just getting even stronger, which was phenomenal to see. And it, we turned it around and we ended up be, beating teams that we shouldn't have beat because based off of stats, like we just were, we were the underdogs for sure. And we ended up winning the SEC tournament. And I think because the girls just poured so much heart into the season and they put so much in the off season and it was just great to see all their hard work paying off in such a short period of time. Like there's no, you don't have to build a program 10 years and like be successful 10 years. It can turn around in a year. It's just a mentality. So it was kind of cool to be a part of that and to see all the hard work paid off for both teams uh, coach wise and athlete wise. So after that first day with the, with the conditioning evaluation, <laughs> yeah. Um, where do you feel like things started to click when it came to, you know, steering the ship in the right direction when it came to their, their outputs and their efforts? Um, I would say probably that third week. So first, first day, you know, I ran the test and they saw where they're at. It was kind of a gut check for them. They're like, man, she's not messing around. Um, that first week was like just hard for them. It was, it was hard. They were sore. They, you know, they didn't really do much over the, the summer. They weren't required to, like nobody pushed them over the summer to train. So they weren't used to it. And then they just thought they could coast in, um, out of shape and then just coast in throughout the fall. And they realized like, that's not going to fly anymore. So first week they were all kind of sore. Um, second week they were still kind of sore, but they were kind of working through it. And I would say things started clicking for them by that third week. Um, they started seeing that they were, they were making the times on the conditioning and that they were feeling a lot stronger. They weren't as sore. And it was, I think we had four weeks until fall ball practice. So like that was four, like the third week they were feeling great. And by that fourth week we were maxing out, we were getting numbers um, and we were putting it on paper, like, all right, this is, this is our starting block. And from here we have now you're in fall ball, but like, we're going to have 12 weeks to build to this point, And we want you to, I want you guys to see where you're at from here. And this is just our starting point, And this is how strong we feel already. So I think by that third week, they, they really saw like, all right, this is, she knows what she's doing. I'm already feeling stronger. I've never felt this strong and it's only been three weeks with her. Yeah. So then let's fast forward now. Sure. You, you're, you're leaving Oxford. You're, yeah. you're moving out to the left side of the country. Yeah. Let, let's talk about some of the changes, you know, going from the SEC out there to, to yeah. GCSU. So um, that was a huge change. And, you know, leaving that program was, was a hard decision, but something I had to do for life. So, like, I had to make that decision. But going from a Power 5 to the WAC um, was a huge change. Uh, they ju GCU just became a D1 school. So we're starting to see the transition from D2 athletes to D1. So, like, your freshmen and your sophomores are a little bit more talented than your juniors and seniors, but your juniors and seniors have a little bit more experience at the college life. Like, they have a little bit more bearing under the, 
the class schedule, the demand of the sport, and they're just a little bit more familiar with being away from home and everything. So um, it's hard to like say like we're we're still putting pieces together on like bringing in that talent. But um, uh, I would say the biggest difference that I see is going from the two different conferences is just the durability of the athlete. Like the in the SEC, when I worked in the ACC as well, like your athletes are just a little bit more durable. They're going to push themselves a little bit more and like they're going to be able to withhold a little bit more. And I don't know if it's just because of talent alone or if it's because they have something in their mind about where they're at. Like they have a little bit more, they know that this is what it takes to be in this conference. Um, but the the athletes I work with now, I work with volleyball now, uh, beach volleyball, indoor volleyball, and men's and women's tennis, but they all work pretty hard, um, and they'll, they'll push themselves, and they're working hard for me, like probably harder than they, well, all the athletes are saying they've never worked this hard, but they're able to do it, um, but they're slowly, like, seeing, like, or at least I'm slowly seeing, like, they're not as, like, durable. They're, they, if they get hurt, they're going to baby it a little bit more, and they're going to be a little bit more cautious. They're not going to push the entire time. They're going to, I have to be in their ear every set, every rep versus them helping each other out in their ears. So it's something I'm trying to establish where your, your lifting partner is going to have to push you to, to do this weight. I can't be in your ear all the time when I'm trying to reach out to all these different athletes. So just the durability, I would say the biggest change, um, but like as like I said, we're slowly seeing like the talent levels go up, and the expectations are slowly going up. So it's kind of it's kind of cool to be a part of a growing school like that because you're only going to see your success going up. So yeah, no, no doubt about it. So then, really, what you you're then building again is this sort of I don't know what the word is, this buy-in, these relationships, this trust again when it comes to these student-athletes. So what are some things that you're looking back on from your time, you know, at NC State with Charles or, or down there in Oxford that you're, what are some things you're seeing that are working that you're like, okay, this seems to be like pretty universal versus some things that you're like, all right, we might want to put that one back and try that another time. Yeah, um, I would say, so what, as far as the relationships, like being honest with the kids and acknowledging like they're, they're college kids. Like I know we all, as strength coaches, we know the importance of eating meals, uh, drinking plenty of water, getting plenty of sleep, recovering. Um, and we know, like we preach that to our kids and we, I would say like, you get, you get a little bit more resources at your bigger schools. Um, so you have a little bit more help and you're, you're having more people say it to the athletes more and more. So it's repetition that they're hearing, um, versus here where I'm kind of like a one man team, like trying to help push these athletes, but like give them the message that they need, that they need to eat, they need to sleep, they need to recover. Um, but just understanding that these athletes are going to stay up late. They're going to have parties they're going to go out and do whatever they do it's just it's college it's I mean I was in college I did the same thing like you got to understand and like kind of break it down on their level and say like listen I know it's Friday and you're in the off season and there's a big game football game this weekend I understand you're, you're going to go out your friends are in town you got to be smart though and like just breaking it down saying like giving them little tidbits of information along the line 
that you're and knowing that you're not going to change their decisions right then and there by having a talk with them at the end of weights being like, Hey, let's not go out and drink because it's really hot this weekend. And you're, you just put in a lot of work and we're going to max out in two weeks. And if you drink more than four drinks, it's going to, you're going to be recovering from that from two weeks and this and that, like, that's not going to resonate with them. It's just putting it in the basics of, Hey guys, like, if you want to be good and you want to be able to play and you want to earn a spot on this team, you're going to make the different difficult decisions of not staying out until 4 a.m. and in the morning or not binge drinking and having a whole keg for your, your yourself or whatever. Like it's just kind of putting it in perspective into their terms. Um, Cause it's, and you're going to, you're not going to get through to everybody, but you're going to get through to a few. And those little few are like you target certain people. You target either your captains or your known leaders. Like the known leaders might not be the captain, but they're the ones that the kids attract to the most. Like, you know, your athletes tend to like, like this person the most on the team, even though they might not be a captain and you, you attract to them and you put, burn the message in their head. And then you hope that they get through to them. Um, And I found that that's kind of universal. Like I talked to either either the captains or I either talk to their leaders on the team on the side. And I say, Hey, we really got to make this, this week count. We can't burn, like we can't just throw it in the garbage and just, you guys go out, like really try to set through. And maybe, maybe it's just one person that you know of on the team that really goes all out and just throws everything in the trash and you need this person to be your star. So you go to your leader and you'd be like, Hey, I really need you to, to talk to Beth and be like, Hey, I need you to not go out like, or I need you to like kind of hold back a little bit, or I need you to babysit this person or some sort of like look out for them. Um, really try to wheel them in if you see them out of control and hope for the best, but understand that it's not going to be a hundred percent the case. Um, and just, you're just trying to keep preaching to them, like the little tidbits every time, like, Hey, let's try to, let's try to plan for the rest of your night. Like go have some dinner. If you have a late, evening session like my train my volleyball at night I'm like hey go grab a quick dinner start your homework early and try to get in bed by nine like if you do that you'll get eight hours of sleep and you can wake up finish some homework in the morning before class like just little things like that I think would help and it's just kind of trying to be the universal message over whatever school you're at you're always going to have those same college tactics that are in play (laughs) yeah no 100 percent and I think that it's funny though that you know like, sleep right now is, like, the super, like, sexy thing to talk about. Yes. It's like, <laughs> like, we haven't been doing this for thousands of years, sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that the thing that, that, that I really like that you were bringing up is you're talking about behavioral change stuff and then looking at how you can help them. Like, I think that a lot of people like to talk about sleep, but then they're still like, oh, you had a lot of work or you had a midterm or you had to do this or that, well, you're still going to lift at six in the morning. Yeah. Well, then do you really care about sleep that much? Because if it was that important and you know, these kids have to do this stuff because school's rigorous here too. And we kind of run into that where people want to be like, well, they need to sleep more. And it's like, well, right. But you've got, you want the team to come in at six o'clock in the morning to lift. Like, I want you to think about what you're saying. Yeah. Like you have to help the kids help to learn and you're not helping them to help to learn if you're just sticking them behind the eight ball. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit here but to, to kind of bring it all together about sure. some, some advice that you would have 
you know, being at the levels you've been at, taking the voyage that you've had, what are some things that you've seen um, moving forward that you would you would advise yourself 10 years ago or some, you know, undergrad from lacrosse or SUNY Cortland, uh, <laughs> us D3 athletes, we're, we're the ones that really know what's going on. Um, <laughs> you know, like what you've seen and things to be conscious of and, and, and ways to move better in, in this world that we live in. I would say like my biggest thing that I look back on, I'm like, man, I'm glad I did that was I just got heavily involved. Like I, I didn't know I went to school to be an athletic trainer. So I wasn't planning on being a strength coach until I realized I sucked at biology and I wasn't going to pass that class. And there was a lot of more biology ahead of me. So I needed to change paths. (laughs) So I, and then I realized that was the best thing that ever happened to me is failing out of biology because then I like got detoured onto a different path. And now I'm like loving life is, um, I found that the, the weight room was, was where I wanted to be. And I talked to Dennis Klein was at Wisconsin lacrosse. He's still there. He's a phenomenal guy. He was my, I guess, Kickstarter mentor. Um, and he just kept pouring articles onto me and like, he's so smart. Like this guy is like, scary smart and you didn't know it until because he's quiet but like he would give me an article to read and I'd be like talking I'd read it and then I'd talk to him about it and he like would totally blow it out of the water and be like reverse on me and like well what about this and then I'd well shit I didn't think of that so I guess reading articles early on but like having that like conversation after it not just reading it but having a conversation about it afterwards with somebody smarter than me like that was huge was like I'd talk to people, either the grad students there or the, or the other coaches there. And then um, going on going on to – I missed my graduation. I went to, to NC State to be with Charles because he had a basketball symposium the weekend of my graduation. And I was like, I got two choices. And I was talking to Charles on the phone. He had no idea I was supposed to graduate that weekend. He goes, yeah, you should come down this weekend. We'll start. Like, I got this basketball symposium and da 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 You'll meet a lot of people and this and that. And I was like, all right. So I jumped in my car on that Thursday, missed my graduation, but it was the best decision of my life because I met so many different coaches that very first year out of school and networked from that point on. Like I, I went up to talk to people. Like I didn't think of myself as a intern or just out of grad school. I thought of myself as I'm ready to hit the ground running in this field. And so like, I just kind of carried myself like more confidently and I talk. I went up to talk to people, and I, Alvin Neal was at that conference, and I remember I had to go pick him up at the hotel, and he wanted to go grab lunch before going to the conference. So like, I took him to lunch, and like him and I would talk, and I'm just like, I didn't realize at the time, but I'm like, I'm talking to Alvin Neal, like having a one-on-one with him, just talking at lunch. Like, how cool is that? Like at age 22, like you're like, what the hell? Like, well, how did that happen? But like, started just going outside my comfort zone and didn't think of myself as this intern that didn't know anything. Like I just, I guess being in a male dominant world, like as a female, like you kind of have to have like a little bit more confidence and a little bit more pop in your step just to get noticed. But like, you also kind of want to make sure that you're being like sought at. You're like, man, who's this girl? Like, like, is she working at so-and-so? And you're like, no, she's just an intern. But Going around that conference was the, probably the best thing to kickstart my my career, and then just getting 
to know Charles and like talking with him and getting involved in every sport, like at NC state, you get, I wasn't a GA, but I was an intern and I, I worked my ass off. I was there at four 30 in the morning and I didn't leave until six 30, but I didn't care. Like I didn't complain. I, I actually asked to do that. Like I wanted to help out with every team I could and any team that wasn't at the same time. Like I'm like, Hey, can I go work with so-and-so or can I shadow this? Or I was always involved and I was always asking questions and I was, I wanted to be around the athletes. I wanted to be in the weight room 24-7. It was kind of creepy, like, how bad I wanted to be in the weight room all the time. And I didn't really have a life. <laughs> but it all kind of paid off because then later in life when I got the job at Georgia Tech and Ole Miss, like, I had different teams I worked with. I worked with swim and dive. I worked with softball. worked with men's and tennis. Like, I worked with rifle. Like, having that experience, that wide variety of sports, comes back to NC State when I got heavily involved and I worked with so many different sports and I was exposed to so many different things and I just I could rely on that that knowledge that I had back in the back of my head like oh I remember we did this with this team or I remember I had this conversation with this coach about this like I just I kept going back on my times of being worked to death but then life got easier I didn't have to work as hard and I had to pay off and I was all paid to the time I had when I was an intern. And when you're younger, you're more durable. You're, you can stay up later. You can do those hours and survive. But later in life, you're, you're going to have a family. You're going to want to have a life. Like you're, you're going to have to have some time to dedicate to you. Like you're not going to want to be there for 20 hours. So like I was able to be thankful of those hours I put in because then it made life now so much easier. Like I don't, I don't have to be there for 30 hours and talking to everybody, tracking down everybody and trying to get this and that. Like, I already know what I'm doing. I just build on that now. Now I know my resources and I know different coaches to go talk to about certain things. And it just is a lot easier because I put that hard work in early on. And also, when you get older, you just hurt. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yes. There's days you just hurt. Yep. <laughs> Don't let the the voice that's made for silent film on the other end of this call here, folks, for me, uh, confuse you. Like, we get old and we hurt. Um, well, listen, though, you touched on something, too, that I think that we need to, to touch upon as well. Um, sure. And, and, you know, because it, I've said many times that if it wasn't for – Two people I, I wouldn't have ever thought about getting into college basketball, and one of those is Tim Belts, and the other one is Andrea Hootie. Um, right. And, uh, you know, you brought up, you know, being a woman in the, in the game. So yeah. what is some advice that you would have for, you know, an even younger Anna that's ready sure. in, in undergrad and is looking into this? And, you know, like, let's talk about that here. Um, I would say – one thing I regret not doing earlier and like I still try to get better on is is finding a, a better like female mentor or like finding those females out there. Um, when you go to like the CSCCA, they have like a female breakfast and it wasn't until like two years into that where I realized the benefit of that is because you can you can network with the other females and you you hear their side of things because as as much as we hate to say it like things aren't equal across the board and some schools are doing a phenomenal job making things as equal as they can. And like Andrew Hootie's phenomenal uh, part of being a female mentor, 
for what we do is because she, like Kansas has taken care of her and they show that they respect her and that's awesome to see and you want that to be true at every school you go to but it's just not the case it's just not there yet like it's slowly happening but not there yet um so having other females to talk to is kind of cool to to hear their perspective or hear what they're going through to see what barriers they're going to have to try to break through and what steps they've taken to like keep kind of pushing through those those walls and then you have your own story on your side and you might be going through something similar and be like man I remember so and so did this and she kept doing this and she kept doing this and she was finally taken seriously or she was finally given that opportunity and so hearing other female stories or testimonies like are very is very helpful and I also I'd recommend young females coming up like reach out to them because I've worked with guys my whole life I've only been the only female at every school I've been to so I've I'm I have a great relationship with the guys I work with um, the guys I work with now are phenomenal like I wouldn't change it for the world but then you have those one or one or two interns that come through that are females and like I try to help them as much as I can and like sometimes they're like they don't really understand some of the messages I'm trying to give to them because they're just like oh, this is the best thing ever. I'm in a weight room with, like, a bunch of guys. That's awesome. Like, da-da-da, because they're usually, like, tomboys like me. Like, you know, they're just, like, low-key. Like, hey, I can take jokes. Like, this and that, which is great. But then there's other serious things that you wish you kind of gave those girls that, like, man, it's all fun and games until, like, you want this done and nobody listens to you. Or you say this and no one blinks an eye, but then a guy says it and everyone's like, holy crap, why didn't I think of that? That's awesome. That's a great idea. And you're like hello, I just said that. <laughs> so I guess like making sure that younger females like understand, like try to really get to know your other, your older females that have been in the game for a while, because they're going to know what's going on. They know the different things that they, they've seen a lot. And the ones that are at great schools that take care of them, like even Alabama, Michelle, like Alabama, like she's been there for years. Like there's a lot of people out there. Like they, you want to reach out to them and say, like, how was it early on? Like, because it wasn't probably all the roses that they have now. Like, they they worked to get that respect. They worked their asses off to get that respect. And hearing how they, they worked their ass off. Because you're going to be at a smaller school or a, you're going to work for a coach that, you know, doesn't really care for you. And you're going to want to know how to earn that person's respect and how to get it and what to do in cases that you might, like – come through like you come up to a wall and like man I can't get through this wall well you reach out to somebody that you know that has been successful or has been through it and be like hey you bounce ideas off of them and hopefully they'll give you information like hey this is what I would do or this is the approach I would take and just listening to them and their advice um and then just I guess like that would be my biggest thing is just reaching out and then I continue to try to do that like I'm gonna I'm not the best at it but I've learned to, you know, get to know them more. <laughs> There's not many females out there, so it's not hard to do. Like, you can learn. No, but there are some ones out there who have both been in and in and out of the game. You know, like, when, when you talk about, I don't know, I guess trailblazers would be the, the word, but, like, you know, obviously Hootie. You know, yeah. you talk about somebody like a Heather Mason. Yes. Uh, Katrin Koch. Um, yep. Tina Murray. Um, yes, Murray. You know, like people that are just, you know, they're rock stars, man. And yes. they do great work and it it shouldn't be a, uh, 
it, it shouldn't really, you know, like with people like that, it, I don't think people look at, at, at any of them as, you know, female coaches. They look at them as some of the best coaches around and it's, uh, yep. or at least they should. So it's, uh, there, there are some super people, some superstars out there that, you know, paved the way for all of us and, and Hootie had a big role in what I'm doing. So it's, uh, it's, it's cool. I, I really think that's awesome advice. I think that's a, a fantastic spot to leave it. And, uh, I can't thank yeah. you enough for your time. This, this is a fantastic episode. People are really going to love it. No, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And I mean, I hope someone gets something out of it. I know it's not the most technical, but it's uh, hopefully helpful to somebody out there. <laughs> no, it's a hundred percent. And it, it, I can't thank you enough for spending the time with us and uh, we'll be in touch real soon. Okay. Awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your week. Yeah, you too. Thanks. Thank you. And a huge thank you to Grand Canyon University's performance specialist, Anna Kuzan, for spending the time with us today. Guys, open, honest, candid, exactly what we asked for. Anna's doing great things, and, and it's I can't thank her enough for being on and, and sharing so just candidly with us, you know, from breaking down step-by-step step, things that they did at Ole Miss to sharing her actual real advice for people to move into the profession and especially for young women that want to be involved and, and how to how they can learn from her and things that she, you know, as she says, that she wishes she would have done more. So, Anna, thank you so much. Absolutely killer. Guys, I hope you enjoyed it. And as always, if you did, please share it through the social media outlet of your choice, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be, or go ahead and send it to one person that you guys think would like to talk, guys. Again, just trying to get the best information out there to all the great coaches that we can but as always, guys, thank you for everything that you do for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We will be back next week with another awesome guest. We will see you then.